0: Hi everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to my podcast, Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Thanks so much for joining, and today's episode is called, What Are Your Upper Limits? I think this is going to be a really eye-opening episode, so thanks for joining. Let's get right into it. So what are your upper limits, and have you placed them on yourself? I used to get super nervous when I heard like a weird noise or I thought maybe like a bug was crawling me crawling on me rather uh, in bed and I would get like freaked out you know about certain things but I mean granted I've been doing a lot of mindset work since the loss of my husband And I've gained confidence. I think I talked in an episode on this podcast about spiders and how I overcame that. Um, I'm certainly doing some work that would help in that area. But have I really overcome a hundred different fears? Or in the absence of having someone to lean on, have I just stepped it up a bit? Ever think about that? Like, it brings me to wondering if we're placing our own upper limits on ourselves. So if I think about it, growing up, my dad was always big on giving 110%. That was kind of his thing. Like everyone else is doing 100, you're doing 110. And it's funny that my husband that I ended up, you know, the the man of my dreams, ended up being somebody who always talked about giving 150%. (laughs) Uh, and then re- in more recent years, um, another good friend who actually passed away, his whole motto was like 110%. So much so that at his funeral, they gave out these little terry cloth towels that said 110% on them. So this is a theme that clearly keeps popping up in my life. So you know, it it definitely begs the question, right? What if we always had just a little more push in us than we let on to, right? So do this with me real quick. I don't know if anybody here's already done this exercise before, but raise your hands as high as you can. Now raise them up a little more, right? So think about that. I said raise them up as high as you can. And then I asked you to raise them up just a little more. And guess what? You had a little more in you if that is the unused portion of our brain, right? Have you ever seen like a statistic on just how much of our brain we actually use? It's crazy. What if we just lazily decide that we're not going to use it and expand into it? What if on some level we know we have these capabilities, we just are like resistant to doing it? What what the heck is going on there, right? What if there's an extra 10 to 50% you know, what if there's this, like, wh- what if that, what I'm saying is, what if that's that extra 110% or the 150% that we're talking about when people say, like, you know, go beyond what everyone else is doing? What if that's where that lies, right? What if that's where it lives, is in our brain, in that portion of unused, <laughs> de- underdeveloped portion? Ugh. I mean, I think it's human nature to defend ourselves. So I'm sure, as I'm saying this, that a lot of people right now are saying, wait, whoa, no, 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 I'm doing my best. I'm 100% trying my hardest. I mean, we must believe that we are doing our absolute best and taking action and doing all of these things, or we wouldn't be doing that action, right? We think we're doing it all, otherwise we'd be choosing something else. But what if I told you you're capable of more than you're currently doing? I tend to believe this because I have always risen to the occasion, like looking back over history, I have always been able to rise up, you know? So for instance, you think you couldn't fit five more seconds into your day, but then suddenly like, let's say daycare shut down or someone's home sick from school or whatever that thing may be right suddenly we find a way to fit in more than five seconds that we were absolutely positive we didn't have right way more work than what we were already saying there's no way i could take on and that's because i think we pick up the pace in times of necessity but how productive could we be if we did this always without the necessity piece right so um My husband and I used to talk about this sometimes, like when we were, when I was working and he was working and sometimes it was just like, oh my God, I couldn't even do one more thing. We're just so wiped out. End of our day, we like literally plop on the couch and are like, oh my God, this day, like I don't have anything else left in me. But then ironically, like, no matter what it was, there was always like the ability to hop up. I mean, if an emergency came to pass, we were going to be at the ER handling it, even if it took seven hours that night. Right. So think about it that way. Like, of course, you could a lot of the times it's just our words saying like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't possibly like not one other thing could fit in. Um, so, I, you know, I think about this when we used to have the talk about what like, would I stay home once our kids were of the age Or just when we had children, period, you know, would I ever stop working and stay home? Because in our own minds, there was never a possibility that we could continue doing what we were currently doing with both of us working, add a little human being into it. And on top of that, like, we already felt like we were struggling from, like, being able to clean the house, have dinners and all these things. But what about when you add, like, family into the mix? We started thinking, my gosh, somebody's going to have to stop working and that's what we actually chose to do for you know the first decade of my son's life was just to have me stay home and be with him because it would just the thought of like we would see like a paper towel sitting on an end table and be like yeah if I was home working like staying home with the kids or whatever as I walked by it I would just grab it and throw it away but yet when I'm working and I'm so exhausted, I can't even like make a trip to the trash can. That's how it felt. But the reality was, you know, if we needed to, if there was like, you know, anything that popped up that just didn't give us the option to not handle it, we would do it. Uh, when my type 1 diabetes, I was, so a type 1 typically is a childhood onset of, because um, it's an autoimmune disorder. It's not about um, diet and exercise and it was just an autoimmune disorder. But most people who have type 1 get it as a child. And I was 28, 28 years old. And so when that all of a sudden got plopped on our plates, it's funny, like these two people who claimed we had no more seconds in any day for anything, suddenly, guess what? We had time to get to the doctor's office, learn a whole new way of eating, a whole new way of uh, you know, taking medications every day. We we introduced so many things into our life during that very time. And then shortly after that, we actually got pregnant. So it's wild when I think back to like the boom, boom, boom of everything happening. I ended up miscarriage, having a miscarriage on that first pregnancy. But um, just when I think about like all the times I've ever put that limit on myself and been like, I cannot take one more thing possibly like I am quite literally at the ends of what I could you know how far I can expand and how far I can reach and stretch this is it like don't say that by the way if you are um somebody who believes in God, if you ever question (laughs) and you say, like, I cannot take anything else, he will show you how strong and capable you are and that you absolutely can, (laughs) which is just, you know, it's like, don't, don't poke the bear, don't ask the question if you really don't want the answer, because I think we're all capable of so much more. Today, I hope this motivates you. I want you to be thinking like, ah, yes, I could tackle more and I'm going to stretch myself a little and see if I can get there, right? It's always such a tug of war, though, when you know something like this and you come to like really looking at it and saying, wow, yeah, I am placing these upper limits on myself. I could do more. But then... (laughs) There's always a but, isn't there? A big old but in the middle. (laughs) Every great revelation has a big but. (laughs) So as soon as you say it, there's this other side of the coin that is, yes, capable of so much more and yet also so overextended as a society. We all already are taking on so much We're putting so much on our shoulders. We're juggling so many balls. It's like, what else, right? I think what I'm really wanting you to grab from this talk is that it's about picking the right things to put your energy into. You know, what are you shining your light on and putting all your focus into? Because surely we could stack more right surely we could add more balls in the mix but do we want to (laughs) do we need to are we already overextended i don't know um i think that if your entire juggling act is with a bunch of balls that you don't care about at all you know i mean it's you know all of these different work things it's doing um you know things that you've basically committed yourself to but aren't invested in and excited about, if it doesn't light you up, right? What are we doing? Are we wasting our time and energy on things that don't give us that inner excitement and like love of life? So I guess the real question is not, can you stack more, not like, you know, but I would rather see you give the 110 to 150% of all of your energy into something you give to, you know, two poops about. Like, I want you to care about what it is that you're going to invest all of that time and energy into. Because guess what happens when you do that? This is the amazing thing. When you put all your energy, let's say you had 50 balls you were juggling in the air and you added another 20. Let's say that those balls that you were originally juggling, those original 50, were like things you hated. You were going to the gym and doing a workout you hated in the morning. You were preparing a big breakfast for food you didn't like to eat in the morning. You were um, having to throw on a business suit and tie and put on all this clothes that you didn't even like to wear in the morning. You were getting to work you know, 45 minutes early so you could answer your emails before your office became a zoo. You were then having meeting after meeting after meeting while also having to answer phone calls, complaints, this, that. Let's say then you had a lunch break, only you had to work through that lunch because you're so busy that you didn't even get to take, you know, a few seconds to yourself and you ate at your desk while you worked. Let's say then you worked a little late. Let's say then you get stuck in a big traffic jam on the way home. Let's say then you get home and you have to prepare a meal for a family, and you know by the time that you're even to like the end fraction of your day, and already all fifty balls are being juggled in the air. Now we're throwing twenty more on top of it that include getting kids off to sports and being a chauffeur, um, going to the um, post office and deliver, you know, dropping your bills in the mail and then having to come home and sort through the mail. And then, you know, and you add all of these other things to it, but that you hated every single step of every single thing you did throughout that entire day. None of it was for you. None of it lit you up. None of it aligned with what you love to do, your passions, your um, talents, your um, ambitions in life. Like, what on earth? So now we're going to stretch ourselves beyond the 100% all the way to 110% to 150% of hating your very life, of disliking everything you're doing. Well, that's going to leave you feeling exasperated, like exhausted, (laughs) can't do it, can't fit five more seconds in. That's where I think that all starts from, right? We start looking at the things we're already disliking in our lives and then we imagine piling on more things we dislike in our lives and we say, I cannot time out, take a break. So what's... So, very intriguing to me about this is why we are in the first place choosing so many things that we don't love to fill our day with already 100% or 110%, like already so full that we couldn't possibly fit another thing in, and it's all stuff we hate doing. What if we flip the script? What if we just started loving that, even that initial? Let's say we don't even pile more on. Let's just start with before we can stretch that far. Stretching ourselves to think, what if I just filled my life with things that bring me pure joy? I set an alarm clock in the morning that is one that plays something relaxing, calming, and not abrupt and frightening, right? How many of us have an alarm clock? Like as soon as we wake up in the day, it's like, wah, wah, wah. I mean, it's all obnoxious. Just making that sound makes me like cringe. Ugh. So you start your day off on the wrong tone you pour in a whole bunch of like having to do a job that you don't like, or, um, you know, making food, you don't like to eat or even just making food versus like art, or maybe you would love to be able to have like a fresh breakfast of like fresh berries and squeezed orange juice. But instead you, you are only giving yourself like two minutes in your morning to grab a protein bar and a coffee on your way out the door. That's the thing. It's like everything in life is a choice. You know, you're saying I need the extra 45 minutes in my office in order to accomplish emails. But what if you started your day when your day's supposed to start? You know, what if you actually got to work when it's supposed to start and you had those 45 minutes at home instead to watch the news for a second while enjoying a breakfast you enjoy or having time to freshly squeeze some orange juice or, you know, wash the berries versus grabbing a package. I mean, it's so ridiculous, but it's true. you got to love what you're doing at every second, you know? And when you get to the office, okay, so now you're saying, well, now I've created a bigger problem. I haven't been there to answer all these emails beforehand, so now this is all going to be coming at me. Well, guess what? It You are in control of that too. Shut your office door. Say, I'm returning emails first thing in my morning. And I'll be available for blah, 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 blah at this time. (laughs) Have you ever tried setting a boundary like that? Have you ever stopped and said to your boss, if you're not the boss, like, if I immediately jump into problem solving and this and that and putting out today's fires, but I don't address all of the incoming stuff from overnight first, the day it has too much on its plate. And... I was coming in 45 minutes early, but I can't come in early every day any longer. I have a different commitment. So I need to be able to fit my day's work into my day's time, right? Like they know what your hours are supposed to be. They don't anticipate you getting there so early and leaving so late. So maybe just putting boundaries on your day, or maybe you love getting to your office the 45 minutes early in the morning because it's everything. It is like, it allows you to feel relaxed throughout the whole day, that's fine. But then instead, maybe you will not have to spend an hour at the gym that you had before allotted. And instead, maybe after work, you could add in something you really love. Like, let's say you have to drop the kid at practice, but instead of just sitting in your car and waiting to, you know, bring them back home again instead of just sitting there like you're the uber driver maybe instead hop out of your car and make the exercise portion of your day during that time when you're already stuck there and you go for a walk around the lake or you you know decide to go for a quick swim at the you know the pond around the corner or you um, decide to go for a little run or you i don't know um, get together with a few of the other parents and maybe do it as a group that could be even more enjoyable if you're just not loving your workout there's so many ways you can get exercise a lot of people are throwing themselves in gyms and they are very unhappy about it join a class join a group um, have a community you do it with or um, you know if you love reading then maybe you hopping on a you know recumbent bike at home and you're reading your book while you're doing like find a way to infuse something you love with it throw some music on that you love like bring up your enjoyment in the day and it doesn't feel so heavy then when you have to add on more uh and then what are you adding on right so add on things that you love too i mean so if we're adding on more junk into the day, like having to go to the ER for a visit. <laughs> like I was just kidding around about that, but it's true. I mean, what are you adding on? And if it's like by fire, you're on, you're dealing with things because the fire starts, then you're, you're doing it all wrong. You know, don't be living in a state of panic and having to do things because it has now come to becoming a necessity that it gets done here and now, you know? Um, I was in that rut for a little while where I feel like even like my bills I just hate doing bills I would put them off to the point where it was like ah now I have no choice it has to be fit into this day and of course it's gonna land on the day that you're so busy like legitimately have so many things appointments you literally had like five seconds in between all of your scheduled appointments for the day you know the days where you really don't have a lot of buffer room because it's like appointment stuff that's when it'll land. So like putting off the things that you hate is just that procrastination will lead you to having to then cram in something when there's just not the time in that day to do it. So don't do that to yourself. (laughs) Don't force it. Cause then it's like putting out a fire and that's again, you know, me and my cortisol stress hormones to the max. We don't need that. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break. It's a perfect time to do that. And when I get back, I've got more on this topic and maybe a little bit of homework and introspection. (laughs) All right. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Okay, guys, if you are loving this podcast and you've experienced a soul-crushing loss of your own, I am telling you, you've got to join my free Facebook group connection beyond struggle for a grieving soulmate because that group is fire just like this podcast I love giving away stuff tons of value packed into there and what's best is you're supported by other people who who are going through or have gone through similar struggles as your own. And it, there's so much support within there that I don't want you to miss out on this group and it's free. So if you're looking for an invitation to join my exclusive group, I just want you to check the description and you'll find the link to your invite. So back to the show. Okay, to all of my yes people out there, can I get a heck yeah? (laughs) No, I'm totally kidding. It's nothing I want to cheer on. It's not a good thing. So I've been a yes person in my life. I've also been a people pleaser. These are all old bad habits that I am trying to kick, (laughs) and you should too. So being a yes person is not the best. You know, this is where I'm going to ask you to do a little introspection and just look inside and say... Am I guilty? <laughs> Am I guilty of doing this? You know, it's it's hard to turn people down or say no. It's hard to say no when it's something even enjoyable. I mean, I have a hard time. There's so many things I wish I could say yes to. But I think maybe just the loss of my husband, I've really learned that if I don't set boundaries, there's just not enough of me to go around. So in dealing with this whole topic today, we really do have to look at what we are raising our hand for and or agreeing to doing um, and making sure that it really does line up with what we want to be doing, for one, because there's just no sense in, you know, trying to please and make other people happy if we're not happy, right? It's like on the plane, you know, put your own air mask on first before you can save anybody else. So think of it that way a little bit. I mean overextending yourself is really not doing anybody any favors anyway. You know, if they need your help or want you in attendance, I don't think they want the overextended, exhausted version of you, (laughs) right? Setting boundaries and healthy boundaries is a good thing. And it's definitely a good thing when we're starting to talk about, you know, upper limits and expanding our own upper limits and, you know, what limitations have we placed on ourselves? And well, I mean, a lot of it is out of You know, a self-protective mode, right? We are putting up boundaries and, and not allowing ourselves to go beyond because we can barely exist in the current, you know, setup. It's not working for us. So the idea of, you know, spreading it further is just beyond what we can imagine we're capable of. But if we're able, capable, we are absolutely, of Turning people down every so often, turning down an invite, letting someone know you can't help them with what they need that day, at that moment, you know, and setting, you know, boundaries on your time and energy and all of those things. Then, you know, it changes the dynamic a little bit of the whole situation because then we have time and energy on our hands, you know. Start saying no to the stuff you really don't want to take on and then fill it up with stuff that you really do want to take on, your own to-do list maybe, you know, your own little procrastination pile. Isn't that funny how we all have like that pile of stuff we just haven't gotten to yet? Because most likely it's the stuff we really don't want to do. But yet if tomorrow, if tomorrow your brother lost his wife and he was overwhelmed and didn't know... You know, he'd never washed a dish in his life. His wife took care of all of that for him. How quickly you would stand up, head over to his house, and wash his dishes for him on those, you know, days when he's just feeling completely overwhelmed and, you know, not knowing what what to do or how to do it. Yet you probably have your very own pile of dishes you haven't gotten around to if it's your least favorite thing to do. But we would raise our hand and do it for someone else. I guess I'm asking you to raise your hand... And do some things for yourself. <laughs> is that so hard? Why don't we ever do that? Why don't we ever offer to, you know, take the stuff, the heavy weighted crap off our own pile that we don't wanna deal with? You know, if there is a lot of that stuff that's just piling up and hasn't been gotten to because it's the stuff we despise doing, you know, but if we see someone else in dire need of it and like, we would jump right in and help them. And I do that every single time I go to a friend's house and, you know, after we've all eaten or whatever, I would like pop over to their sink and start washing dishes. But, you know, I think there's this part of us that wants to contribute and help, but like we're not helping ourselves ever (laughs) unless necessity again, back to that N word there, but unless necessity drops it on our lap and then we have to tackle it and it's just not a great way to live always having to put out fires. So, you know, some preemptive strikes here and getting ahead of things and filling up your life with this stuff that you really love and saying no when people ask you to do things that doesn't really align with what you want to do right now or what you have time for in your day or, you know, because again, I think it does go to the people pleasing nature in all of us that you know, if your boss asks you to do something, but your plate is already completely full, we don't want to let them down. We want to look like the good employee. So we say, yes, yes, yes. Well, here's what ends up happening is, okay, great. And now they've dropped that on your desk and expected you to do it. And now every bit of your work is suffering, right? You have not as much time to put into the other things you were already working on or this new project. You also are gonna be more depleted and lacking energy and creativity and motivation. I mean, you've basically just squashed out any potential to impress them with anything. You know what I mean? So you think you're doing it to impress them when really now they're gonna be seeing you doing some pretty shoddy work. So what I would say is that by telling them that right now you have a ton on your plate and maybe just explaining what that is because they're human, (laughs) you know, I'm currently working on this, this, and this project. I also have this, this, and this in the middle of the works, and I have to get back to so-and-so today. They might just decide, they would rather have you spend all of your energy on what you currently have because it's far more important than this new thing they're dropping on your desk. And Susie, the new intern might actually have some time to spend on this and it'll be great experience for her. (laughs) I mean, is that so bad? Does it really make you look like a bad employee because you knew your boundaries and you knew your limits and you were able to communicate that so that you could do better work and be a better employee and put more energy and focus on the current tasks. I mean, as an employer, that's what I want out of my employees, right? I don't see benefit to somebody that's just, a yes person and saying, yeah, give me more. I'll take on more when they really don't have it in them and it's overextending themselves. So the homework assignment that I would give you <laughs> is to really go through your life, go through your day to day. You know, what does your schedule look like? And from the moment that an alarm clock sounds, was it a pleasant experience or not? And then go back through, you know, after you've made the the list, the things that are pleasant, the things that aren't. What's that ratio even look like? You know, how much of your day really isn't your ideal day? And then see what tweaks you can make just right off the bat to, you know, tuning in and dialing in that day just a little bit better. Eliminate some of the garbage, you know, or and or um <laughs> uh, like I was talking about before, just adding in something you really do enjoy tagging it to it, like with the exercise and reading a book or listening to music or going for a swim for an exercise, since you enjoy that more than, you know, running down a 90 degree street. So don't fill it up with things that just seem like the right thing to do. You know, make some good choices here of things that you really, that really light you up and make you feel energized and high vibrations and all that stuff, because that will attract in more of that good stuff. So that would be the way I would attack this. And then, only then after you have already sort of pre-tweaked your list to make sure that your ratios are in favor of a mostly positive day, then I would challenge you to see if you can, as we did in that early exercise, raise your hands up that extra 20% that you probably still had in there and get yourself to the 110 to 150% range you know, that can make you the person who's the overachiever and, and does a little beyond the expectations, right? The whole point of the 110 to 150, at least the way that my dad brought me up and the way that my husband always, you know, expected it out of his employees and was just that you are doing your best and then some, you know, it's like all about not just putting these upper limits on yourself, but allowing for the fact that if everybody else in the room is giving 100% at their very best, if you give that extra 10 to 50%, then you will shine. Then you will show people that you are somebody worth taking note of. You're somebody who is like, just the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, the polish on the, you know, it's like you're the one that they want because you stand out just a little more, right? So that's what that's all about is like, but you can't give that. You aren't even capable of the 110 to 150. So take it right out of your mind, right off your list until you get your hundred straight. <laughs> you know, your full day has to be full of good stuff. Because if your one hundred percent is all negatively charged, and or you know primarily filled with things that you really don't love, then how can you really expand that way and raise your upper limits? I mean, we're asking too much of ourselves in that way. So that's like back to at the start. I was kind of saying, well, like, isn't this a two side? You know, two sides of the coin. On the one hand, we're already overextended, and then on the other, you know, we were saying, push yourself harder. So here's – that's the beauty in it. Like, you have to have that 100% being primarily things that you are into. And I don't know why people choose to do jobs that they hate. Because they need the money? Find a job that you love and that pays money. I think there are a few of those out there, too, you know? I mean, somebody was like, oh, well, I'm slaving away at, you know, working um, an assembly line or whatever – all day long sweating my butt off my wrist hurts this that whatever but i really love nature well then why are you in an indoors you know repetitive type job like that when you love trees you should be outside like you know working for a landscaping company or whatever like probably comparable pay like have you looked around have you truly sought out what you love to do because i think if everybody did that boy people would be so much happier right but it's funny because there's always, like, that job, like, oh, no one would love. I can argue that. I know people who love standing there assembling things. I know, like, even my own son, he's like a fidgeter. He could sit and do the same repetitive motion all day long, and it's like, he enjoys that than nobody else. Just like somebody, one person will cringe watching that, you know, Dr. Pimple Popper show or whatever it is with the, you know, an so one person it like turns their stomach and they think that is the job that nobody on this planet wants But they have to do because they want to make good money I guarantee you there are people out there that love nothing more actually we know this as Fact because they have a whole TV show out of it now, right people love it so much that they're not even getting paid to do it They just want to watch it So there is a job out there for every single person's love desire passion, you know I mean I hated working on feet hated it. it was the one part of the body that I was always like ah I just don't love feet there are people that are obsessed with feet they should be the people working on podiatry that should be working on you know physical therapy working on feet like these there are people out there that do love it so why should my stomach turn and I hate my, that part of my day every time I see a client on my schedule that's a foot when there are people that love feet And they would say the same thing to me. Like, they didn't like working with like bladder problems. Who would ever want to work with that? I loved it. I absolutely loved it because to me it was fulfilling because it's something that is so damaging to somebody's day if they're having issues around something like that. And you could change their whole life. So I loved it. It was super fulfilling to me. So just don't think to for a second that there's no one else that's going to step up and want to do your job and that every person loves trees. So therefore there's no job. I mean, you're telling yourself this story, but it's just that a story because I bet you that, I mean, I wouldn't love being outside working landscaping all the time because I love to do it at my house. Like I, I find like that to be enjoyable. I said it's laughable because I haven't had time to do it lately, but Um, I actually love that stuff. So I don't want to do it as a job because I think it might take away from the enjoyment of it as a personal activity. I'll never want to do my own. (laughs) But do you get where I'm going with this? Like, don't convince yourself that there's just that job isn't out there because it seems to you to be too simple. I actually went through this myself Um, right after losing my husband. I don't know if a lot of you have followed me on this whole journey from the beginning, but I was, like, all in on fighting cancer and kicking cancer's butt. That was, like, my whole shtick. Everything I did was aimed at whatever I could do to knock cancer off of its pedestal. And to me, that was fighting back, and that was, like targeting all of that inner angst and stuff I had. And I was really, I mean, anybody who's lost somebody as special to them as my husband was to me knows this. When you really lose somebody so special to you and you are angry, there's a point at which the anger will, will stir up. And I wasn't mad at God and I wasn't mad at him. I knew he didn't choose this. Um, and I knew if God had it in my plan, my own faith anyway, just told me that It's for a reason, not to question it, but I was still angry. So where was I going to direct all that answer? I mean, anger rather. Well, at the very thing that took my husband from me, of course, cancer. (laughs) So, you know, I started writing down every single step we took as a family to fight cancer and was giving it away in the blog. And then, you know, at a certain point, I bumped into people that said, You know, this whole grief thing, um, I don't know if you've ever considered it, but I feel like you should be grief coaching because you seem like you're doing really well with it. And I laughed at it initially because to me, that's not a job. Like, I mean, that's just, I don't know. It was just what you do to get through things, but I can't make money doing that. It didn't seem like work to me. And that's how you connect. To what you should really be doing if you can find the thing out there that doesn't feel like work it feels like this is too easy to be getting paid for it it's too enjoyable or like it's not an actual job and you can get paid to do it ding 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 (laughs) right i think we've found your alignment that's what you're intended to do like if something seems too easy to be work and you're going to be getting paid for it that's the job for you because somebody else, and I'll use an example. Um, I met someone recently who said, I always have thought about doing grief coaching after the loss of my husband, but I didn't want to relive it day in and day out. It was too heavy on my heart. It was too hard. So for her, she's looking at that job as the hardest job ever that she would love to do, but just can't because it's hard and heavy on her. And I'm looking at it as a gift and so like... Enjoyable because I get to talk about my late husband all day long and help other people with their grief so his death seems like it has purpose. You see how two people's perspective on it? Very different. That's clearly not the job for her. She wasn't aligned with it, but I was. And so once I finally started doing something that aligned with making me feel good, not that, like, gave me some diversion of my anger and a place to just dump it all, because that's still not really like, it It might be like attacking something that bothers me, but it's not filling me up with good vibrational energy and joy and like, you know, helping others and whatever. It was helping others inadvertently, but it was more about my own quest to conquer cancer, which was like the ultimate, you know, impossible mountain. Um, Not that I don't think that cancer can be squashed. And part of this very podcast is to try to kick cancer's butt still Um, but I don't think that unless you're an oncologist and you're in it every single day and researching it day in and day out that it's so constantly changing that it's next to impossible to stay up on it so all I can do is continue to share what worked for us what helped what didn't um, and then You know, give updates whenever I find out new things that I think are very cool and might help. But but more just, you know, helping people with the part that no one talks about. And this is big in fighting cancer or any major illness is just getting your mindset right and making sure that you're in a good, vibrational, energetic state all day long. Because the higher vibrational state you can stay in all day long, the more of a contributing member to society you can be. The more capable you are of 110 to 150% effort, right? You're going to be there and capable of it. You're not going to be overextended and putting more on your plate, more balls in the air, That none of that. Because you're going to be feeling so good. You're going to be like, give me more. I can take it. Like, that's how I feel these days because I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I feel a little freer and lighter. And I feel like then with my free time, then with the, um, you know, with the podcast and with other things, I can still sort of make my efforts towards, you know, taking cancer's power away in the way of making people healthier and more capable of fighting this disease but you have to find the right way the right door you know and if you're feeling depleted and if you're feeling wiped out or you know lacking in the drive or the ability to take more on it's most likely because you've already filled your plate up with too much of the wrong stuff so start evaluating what's in your plate <laughs> what's in your cup what's uh filling all this up and then You know what can be let go of what can't sometimes there's necessity items in there that you really just you can't touch you know if it's very important to get your kids off to a practice then that's that's that but then how do you work that into you and what you want like I was talking about with the exercise doing that while they practice that kind of thing Um, or maybe you work with another parent to alternate who drives every other night So it gives you a little bit of a break. And then on your off days, then you can fit in a little extra time to do something you really love. You know, you just got to get a little creative and and be willing to change and see that the way it isn't the way it is, isn't the way it always will be. That's what I'm trying to say. That, um, you know, there's potential to just expand and grow beyond what you thought possible and You know, it starts with setting upper limits that are a little higher than what you think you can achieve because, you know, as that little demonstration proved, there's always a little left in you. Um, Just make sure that your foundation is solid and and it's filled with just so much of the good, you know, fun, joy, gratitude, um, all of that stuff. It has to be stuff that really you can appreciate. So then adding the extra doesn't feel like extra. So I hope this hit home for somebody today. I know just, um, you know, looking at it myself, I had a lot of, um, real like light bulb moments just thinking about all of this stuff, but for sure, I think we all have a little bit of extra stretch. So let's hit that 110 to 150 for all of the Dana Beans, Barry Leonard Juniors, and Rick Wargos of the world who believe that we all have a little more in us could push a little harder, do a little better, and shine a little brighter. All right, guys, I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for joining today.